This is Self Care U with Scott, and today we sit down with the team from School for Climate. And you may be saying to yourself, what exactly is School for Climate? To help us answer this question, we have community ambassadors and friends of the pod, Andre and Kate. The team at School for Climate believe we need to seize this opportunity to steer a climate Canadian consciousness. Andre and Kate believe it's time that the message is felt from all communities across Canada to identify climate solutions that particularly represent their community and spread the word across the nation. We have the opportunity to chat about an amazing mural project, a very important issue, climate, but also talk with some awesome community bright lights. This is Self Care U, and we're about to level up with Andre and Kate from the School for Climate. What's good, everyone? Thanks for sticking around for another episode of the Self Care You podcast. But before we get into the show today, I wanted to chat about our community food drive that we're running. That's right, you know, tis the season for good vibes, and Self Care You has teamed up with the Durham Kawartha Dragons Basketball Club, our good friend Warren from Project Impact Youth, and East Prep Athletics as we collect food during the holiday season for our community. So if you want to get involved and help out, make sure you catch us on Instagram at selfcareu underscore level up or email selfcareupodcast at gmail.com or even just reach out to any one of the partners that you heard and we can arrange a pickup for food, whatever it may be. We appreciate all the support. You know, today we have an awesome conversation with Andre and Kate from School for Climate. It's a real good conversation you definitely don't want to miss. Let's get into it. Today, we have the opportunity to sit down with Andre and Kate from School for Climate. Andre, Kate, how are you doing today? Fabulous. Excellent. Good <laughs> stuff. Well, Andre, you know, we first met in the summer when you guys had your mural project, and I was hoping maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of your backstory, you know, who you are, where you're from, what you're all about. Yeah, of course. Uh, so uh, as Scott mentioned, uh, my name is Andre Forsyth. I'm the uh, executive director of the School for Climate. Um, I've been working in the kind of climate change sustainability space for uh, over a decade now. Um, Got my start in sustainable fashion um, and then transitioned over to the work that we're doing now that is is broader facing. And really the the main purpose of what we're doing is to to give art um, and, and the creative communities a way to contribute to advancing climate solutions. Okay, so Kate. I know you have some strong experiences. You know, why don't you give our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess in relation to School for Climate, I definitely didn't have an in-depth climate understanding as Andre does. So before volunteering, I would actually admit that I had very little to limited like understanding and knowledge about the climate community. Like obviously I knew through school and education, like these are pressing issues that we need to deal with, but no one's dealing with that. So it's, it was a difficult position and, and since joining and looking at different ways that we can look at, you know, climate action or climate solutions or what needs to be done or how to voice our voice, like it kind of brought in the horizon for me to get more involved, more like, okay, maybe I should do this, like more time, spend more time on, you know, of my day with working with Andre to get these projects up and running than, than I actually thought I would ever. So it's pretty exciting. 
It's pretty amazing when you enter into a different world too, right? Like, so self-care you, our main goal is about promoting positivity wherever we can do so. And if you asked me like a year ago where I would have been, I wouldn't have thought that that would have been the target that I started head down. Right. So very much like yourself, you know, you, you felt like maybe you entered into a world that you didn't know about, but the great thing is that you didn't run away from it. A lot of people that resist that, you know, never really truly find out if that's something that they're passionate about. So, so good for you, you know, Andre, why don't you just let us know what school for climate is? Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Um, so school for climate is, has become a collective uh, of primarily artists and as well as musicians. And the whole point of School for Climate is to create uh, more, uh, I, I guess, to design more creative ways to engage with folks on climate solutions, particularly solutions that are relative to people's communities and to their industries. What we find with, I guess, the, the kind of goal, overarching goal with School for Climate is what we feel like is missing really dearly missing from the conversation is a compelling narrative. Uh, I think our so societies, as long as they've existed, are, are always rooted in, in stories and storytelling and, and what is, where's everybody going? What are we trying to do? What, what is that narrative? And I think we're at a moment where the story we've been telling for a long time, um, in many ways we're realizing is, is inadequate. And it's time to start telling a better story. We have the ability to tell a story um, that is more inclusive, more just, um, more equitable, and just generally happier for people. And I think that very often in the in the climate space, we, we end up getting overcome with these numbers and this fear and this anxiety, which all are very well based and all have their, their roles to play. But one of the area that we feel areas that we feel like is missing and that the art artist or the art artistic community is uniquely positioned to support is really painting that picture for folks, both figuratively and, and literally to show that it's not just about this dystopian future that could potentially happen if we don't act. It's also about how much more beautiful uh, life can be if we do act. And so we, School for Climate is really trying to uh, paint that picture and then, but also make it very personal because what that picture looks like if you're living in, in Oshawa um, looks very different than if you're living in Mississauga or in BC or downtown Toronto. And so we really try and connect those particular uh, pictures of, of what uh, folks can do and, 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 and empower people to take action in the places that they generally feel um, like they have influence. And I, I think a lot of the time we talk about personal influence at home, but people feel empowered in their communities, in their neighborhoods, in their families, in their workplaces. And so we really try and, and connect folks with the solutions and organizations that are moving those solutions forward. Yeah, I love it. Because like I just mentioned, it's about moving positively. It's about doing positive things. It's about community. That's what it's about for us with self-care you. It's about making sure that we impact. And you're right. Like different cities have different narratives when they relate to the topic. Right. So you have to kind of connect everybody and try and like, you know, bridge everyone together. So they understand the major concept. And it can be daunting too. Cause it's like, you know, statistics get in the way and just like, you know, we, let's be honest, like we have somewhat of a lazy culture. Right. So it's like uh, the work ethic is kind of like drifting away all that. And I love that. Since day one, I've been connected with, you know, School for Climate because of, you know, the way you navigate that area. I really respect it. You know, Kate, 
I did notice that the organization is comprised of a large amount of youth. And you mentioned to us earlier, you know, that your knowledge of the topic was minimal in the organization. Why don't you let us know about how the experience has been, how you've built up as a human being and maybe some of the things that you've learned. Yeah, of course. Um, being in school, like what I can remember is that we'd have, you know, one or two periods of like climate change uh, chapter. And it's like, okay, you know, don't use plastic uh, straws, like save the turtles, you know, don't use as much paper, which are all great solutions. Don't get me wrong. But it was like, there was always something lingering. What, what more could we do? What, how else could we be saying this other than in a textbook? And so it's, it's, kind of it was kind of mind-blowing at one point it was like okay do I just give up now like it's just the reports are out 2050 2030 like nothing's going to change no one's listening like what's the point and so it's kind of like that gen z feeling of like okay I can post a tiktok about it but like where else it like it's not going to get into Mr. Trudeau's tiktok dream or anything like it's just it is what it is so by able by joining the school for climate and whatnot it was I felt it was a, a way that I could express differently than what has already been expressed. So this isn't a textbook way. This isn't having conversations with my family at the kitchen table. This is using art and, and music and making it into something that I would never been able to visualize myself, let alone someone else who doesn't have a, a care or interest in this at all. So like even with the Just Transition mural, um, that whole experience of meeting with like Green Jobs Oshawa and you know other and working with other people and the artists and whatnot it was just kind of it kind of blew my mind in a sense again it was like okay we're taking this concept which there's a definition for there's words for it's in textbooks but how how can how can we take this one step further and visualize it what could this look like to somebody who you know maybe is not a textbook person who's maybe more visual or needs to see like this is what a just transition can look like. And then we put it on like a 70 foot wall because why not? The honesty that you just touched on, you know, where we have, there's a large portion of our, of our population that, you know, consumes a little bit of climate information or, and, you know, what, I don't know if this is the right number, but like, you know, New York's going to be underwater in 20 years or whatever. And we just go, Oh, that's bad. And then we just forget about it. And you're totally right. You know, we with self-care, you do the exact same thing. We have the level up leadership uh, group that's starting where we're teaching youth about things that they don't learn in school. You know, they learn, you know, how to do like general math problems and how to write sentences and things like that in school. But we're, we're out here trying to teach youth about real leadership qualities, about, you know, being a good human being and making sure that you're not making a large, your footprint is not making a large impact, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, that's definitely the same way we are. And I love to hear it because that aligns exactly where self-care you is. You know, Andre, I'm interested in the name because self-care you has some meaning behind it. We talked about this once before about how it can relate differently. And I'm interested about the name, you know, School for Climate. How do we come up with that? That's a great question. Right? And I get asked that all the time. The first kind of um, inspiration for it came from, so what, obviously, Gret, everybody knows the, the famous sign uh, from Greta Thunberg, the school strike for climate, started off by trying to take a riff on that, so a different action than a strike, but then it became increasingly important, the component of school. Um, so school, I mean, we've all been to school. It's a pretty ubiquitous experience, different levels of school or whatnot, but what school resonates in the school for everyone is a place where 
you have to go to with some humility. You have to, you, you can't go to a school without either openly or subconsciously admitting that this is a place for you to learn. No matter what level of knowledge you're coming there with, the opportunity for learning is there and you're doing so collectively with your peers. Everyone's at different levels um, when they walk into that school. And so that became more and more important because I mean, again, for us, like this is, no matter how experienced you are in whatever area of what you're doing, what the changes we need to make, there's a lot of learning required there. And I know Kate is mentioning her learning and, and I, I've obviously been working in this field quite a fair bit, but I learn every single day I have to. Um, and that's the only, and, and we all have to. So that I think was one of the first points of why school was important. Then also at the same time, um, the whole youth component, right? The, um, the role that youth are playing in our fight for climate solutions and for a, a better world. Um, also, I, I, I feel like that's particularly important because this is, when, you, when you think about youth outside of a school environment, people tend to listen to them less, but they do feel a sense of identity and a, a, a sense of safety and respect in a school. So I, I, we really like that as well. And I, and I guess I think the final element um, with, with school is that when we were building an in-person exhibition, which we will we'll touch on, I'm sure, later in the conversation, um, we're housing it in a school. And that also became a, a very important part for us, um, that if we're going to hold an exhibition where we're communicating this narrative and this learning, that it should be in a place that people connect to and, and, and are used to to going to learn together. So that, that I think what was uh, very important for us. What about you? I'm, I'm interested, how did self-care, how did you put that name together? So self-care, you came from uh, a couple different avenues. One, it came from the education component, right? So making people understand that, you know, self-care is educating yourself, is growing, is reading books. It's understanding that you don't know everything, right? And that you need to learn and grow as a person. That's really where self-care you know, comes from, but self-care you as in the university is really how we started from the educational component and making sure that people understand that that, you know, will help you the mind, body, and soul, you know, move to what we call a level up um, and, you know, get to the next, next step in your goals or whatever it may be. And then self-care you can be interpreted simply just as taking care of yourself, however you feel that you need to do so. So with our project, it's about uh, not necessarily having a podcast where we just talk to famous people because there's tons of people in this world that are doing awesome stuff, you know, like you guys, right? And the people just don't hear their stories because they don't maybe have a platform. Well, you know, on our platform, we're trying to promote positivity, which means that we're trying to tell people's stories and have other communities connect, you know, my community, the self-care you community, connect with the school for climate community and become one big family and move towards in the right direction. And maybe there's someone in our world that is able to say, that's exactly what I needed from that podcast to push me in the direction. Or now I know something clicks, like I need to be a part of the, that organization, or maybe I need to follow the way that Kate operates. And, and I feel like that's something that I want to do. Right. So it's open for many different interpretations and that's the way we like it because uh, self-care you is about you and literally you and however you want to interpret it. So that's literally where we come from. We met Andre with our friends, obviously with the signs of life mural project down in Oshawa and Simcoe. That's my home. That's my neighborhood. That's where I grew up. So I felt really awesome to have, be able to be a part of that. 
Big up Science for Life. Big yeah. up Science for Life. Yeah. So big shout outs to Rebecca and Chad. You know, tell us about the mural project. Tell us about how it started. Kate, don't be afraid to jump in here too and add in. It's just an amazing project. I drive by it all the time. I love it. It brightened up the community. And I'm pretty sure the auto museum definitely loves it in that area too. But tell us about it. Yeah. So I guess I'll start. Uh, so it's, uh, as you mentioned, the mural is across the street from Memorial Park in the parking lot beside the the Automotive Museum um, on a giant wall. So the wall is 70 by 40 feet approximately. And um, so how that got started, uh, the main partners in that wall are Green Jobs Oshawa. Uh, For those who aren't familiar with Green Jobs Oshawa, that's a part of the union of of the GM plant, um, a small subset of of that union uh, who are very focused on how to, uh, on the role that the GM plant has historically played in Oshawa and what type of role it could play in a more sustainable, uh, more just future. The other partner in there there was the Canadian Union of Postal Workers um, who have an inspirational vision of how they can change the post office to contribute to community, to contribute to the environment. And it's a game changer. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, come across their work a couple of years ago and um, they, they, they just have this beautiful message and uh, it was, wasn't getting out enough and so the opportunity came about where when we connected with Chad and, and Rebecca out of Science for Life and and when we saw their message of how much they want to reinvigorate Oshawa and Durham and how how much their hearts were in that we knew we had to work with them and so um, we pulled kind of all those partners together and um, and built this beautiful mural with and with the artist Bruno Smokey, who's yeah. incredibly talented. Um, but like, long story short, the whole purpose of that mural, as Kate mentioned uh, two words earlier when she was speaking, a, a just transition, which is I, we're we're really seeing the familiarity with that phrase ramp up, but it's got a long way to go. And in a nutshell, the whole purpose of of those words. Um, just transition is as we transition from the way that we structure our economy and the way that we live now into uh, one that is more sensitive to a balanced uh, living with the earth, that it needs to be just. Um, it needs to be based on justice. It has to be centered on people. And so when we, when we talk about um, the GM plant and maybe it producing electric vehicles, obviously people get very tech and they see the like, oh my God, the like advancements there, but the people are at the center of that. And, and if those, if the jobs there are going to change in uh, such uh, an industry like that, that is vital to, to Oshawa's history and its future, we have to remember that people are at the center of that. And if we're going to transition then it needs to be in a way that we are making sure that those people have jobs in that future, in that future, that those people are taken care of and that it's giving back to the community and allowing it to thrive. And all the industries that, that are, are kind of tangential or right around um, that are, are very closely associated have the ability to grow, and, and so that's where um, that's where the imagery came from for uh, for that mural. When I look at it, it's exactly what you just said, Andre. It's you know GM. You know I grew up in this community, and there's lots of individuals that that's how you know they put food on their table. That's how they took care of their family. 
you know, that's how they grew their family in our communities. And then everybody knows about the postal office that's right downtown. That's fairly close to where that mural was. You know, it's pretty amazing what you just said, Kate, you know, I'm really interested to hear about what it was like for you to be a part of a project that's going to be around for years that you're going to be able to drive down into the downtown core and show people that you were a part of that positive impact in our community. Tell us about that. I, I don't even have words to describe how grateful I am for the opportunity to be a part of something like this, but just realizing the potential that it has it like, this is huge. And like, not just the mural being literally huge. It's like, we're beginning this conversation that needs to take place and we're doing it in a city where like it's almost most needed to take place, let alone everywhere else. And, and I actually heard on the news recently, like the COP24 summit and the words just transition being thrown around. It's like, okay, we could throw them out into the universe, but what are we doing about it? Right. So it's, it's like one of those things where it's, it's mind boggling almost in a sense because it's something that is so great and has so much power over our community and it could help our community so much, but where is the actions that are needed to take place? And you know what, maybe this 70 foot mural will, you know, spark something in someone's mind and light bulb goes off and we start that conversation up and we start making policies and actions and directing our like focus towards it. Um, and, and that's hopefully the goal of it. So yeah, and I just like a small piece of my personal uh, connection to the mural is that when I, I go, I work at a law firm in, in downtown Oshawa, and I work at, you know, closer to the Ritz and road exit from the 401. And I purposely take the Simcoe exit off the 401. Um, and, you know, do a little side look back to see the mural every day, because it's something that um, I would never imagine doing and, and to be a part of something like this to have my name associated with something so big and powerful and, and demanding that needs to happen. Um, it feels good. It definitely starts my morning off right. And, and when I leave work, you know, reminds me of how grateful I am to be in the position that I am in and what we need to do. And, and there's so much more that needs to be happening. But of course, we're just, you know, only two people taking on this huge project, but getting more of the community involved, getting that conversation started, like moving beyond our kitchen tables and like, you know, talking with MPs and, 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 bigger people you know so something like that it just reminds me it makes me kind of gets me in check like this is my mindset don't lose it don't lose it it's going to be hard and the media is always bad like it's not ever going to be you know better and it's just like I need to get rid of that negativity focus on the positive aspect of it like and that one we all reminds me of it every day that's what we're talking about right get rid of that <laughs> negative junk we don't need to hear it let's get the positive stuff let's spark yeah. conversation right I feel pretty passionate about uh, mental health and, and mental illness. And we there's lots of talk about it. But you know, we need to make sure that we have that action. But I want to make sure that I get this out first, because this is my uh, claim to fame, just so you know, in the mural world. So across that road, I used to go to EA level public school. And there used to be this mural of this young, great looking redhead gentleman that was on this computer. And then over years, it faded out, and they just replaced it probably like two years ago. So that was my claim to fame. But <laughs> now I can support it with another mural that I love that's really close right by it, right? So a lot of that you said, Kate, is how passionate I feel about it as well. I live in that community. My wife and I have a house there. I grew up in that community. I went to elementary school there. And I know that we have a lot of challenging issues, but it's our job to try and move the positive needle forward. And I think you guys definitely did that with this project. Uh, Andre, you know, I'm really interested in hearing about the collaborative project with U of T School for the Environment. Why don't you give us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, yeah, Scott, I'm, thank you for asking about it. But this is um, probably, I think, the biggest uh, project we've taken on so far. Uh, so what you're, you're more familiar with our, our outdoor mural work at the School of Environment uh, on the St. George campus of, of U of T. Um, we're actually doing an indoor piece, and this is meant to be a little bit more immersive um, than the, the mural work. Um, we, what we've been commissioned to do is to turn what uh, an old building with weird gray walls that lack any inspiration whatsoever, um, and, and rethink kind of exactly our, our entire like reason is to rethink how do we recreate that environment so that it is more inspirational, so that it's so that it's more effective, so that it supports learning, so that it encourages the, the, the direction that we need to go? And how do we do that in a way with art um, in a functional building? Um, normally when you have kind of immersive environments, it's a standalone, like you go check out an exhibit somewhere. Um, but to incorporate this into the, the daily lives of all the students and faculty and teachers and anyone who goes through that space. And so uh, I'm very excited as we, we're in the process of this now. Um, so we are working with indigenous artists uh, on this project, which is the first time we are really doing that in, a, in as deep a way as we are with this. And, and the kind of perspective that we're, we're going for is, how do we co-create uh, with indigenous folks and non-indigenous folks uh, a future where we're all thriving, respecting each other's cultures, and how do we learn from each other in order to proceed in, in a more effective way? So, so Andre, I'm really interested in what's next for School for Climate. You know, I know that COVID required us to pivot you know, maybe move away from something that we've worked with before. I'm interested to get back into, you know, the real drive of this project, the exhibit. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So um, School for Climate was initially founded um, in order to, to create an in-person exhibit. As I, as I kind of alluded to earlier, um, we, our intention was um, in a downtown school, uh, uh, St. Veronica on, on Dufferin Street was to build about a 30,000 square foot um, immersive space. And the intention of that space and, and having something that big is to tell a big enough story and to create an environment where people can connect with this story in a more profound way than they could in, in an article um, or, or reading or, or watching something on the news or these terrible numbers. Um, and to the idea with an exhibit like this, then we can show what roles, not only do the communities play themselves or, or does each industry play itself, but how those roles propel each other and work together so that we can work towards this collective goal together. Um, and so the School of the Environment at U of T, we're doing a small subset of that. Um, so I'm happy to get that there. But the, the whole point um, of, of undertaking an exhibit like that is to come back to what we were discussing earlier, Scott. And I think this, this is huge for self-care you as well, is what is the story we're trying to tell? How, how is this, how can we connect folks and inspire folks uh, and motivate them and, and, and show them thems, themselves in this story? 
Um, that I think is, is the biggest challenge. And so I'm, I'm very excited that we're getting that back on track. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll save further updates for that for maybe future conversation. Yeah, for sure. Well, definitely future conversations. And we'll talk about that. You know, I get like this. Uh, my wife is really into plants. Eh? So I get like this, like <laughs> Allen Gardens kind of theme. Am I right? Yeah. Am I on the right lines in the sense yeah. that, that people are, you know, Allen Gardens is a way different topic than what we mean by this exhibit. But about, you know, giving people the ability to get somewhere and relate or put themselves in someone else's shoes or, or really just be like, that's, you know, I understand that or give them an opportunity to really understand what their direction is. We're all about that in self-care you that we just provide elements for people to, to grow wherever that is. Kate, I'm pretty interested. We ask this question all the time. Uh, if you had a young person, you know, like yourself, that was really new to, you know, climate and really new to the movement and the project, you know, and they were kind of on the fence of how, what next steps they would take, you know, what advice would you give them? Oh my goodness. So it's funny you say that because um, I do actually have younger versions of me. Um, I have two sisters. So they're not of me, but I kind of molded them into my <laughs> okay. little two minions. Um, so even just speaking with them, but anyone younger, like, you know, going to climate strikes and, and talking with, with youth that are younger than me kind of feels weird because I'm like, I've never been in this position, but I'm also an older sister. So yes, I have. Um, but I would just give the advice to, you know, don't let the negativity get to you um, because I did have that that mindset where it was like it was kind of like a dooming feeling like a really like heavy weight like the world's like on your shoulders kind of thing so to just have an open mind and try and be as positive as possible about the situation which is completely negative and and just getting involved because I don't think if I didn't have an outlet with the school for climate I don't know if I would be in the position that I'm in mentally but also like how I view the whole topic, how I view what change could look like. I, I don't want to be set in a traditional mindset or, you know, almost like not undereducated, but not as educated as I am today. So if I was to give any advice, it would definitely to just be, you know, trying one, keep that open and positive mindset, but two, find that outlet that works best for you. Find, you know, start by going to events, um, see what events click and what events don't click. And then maybe going into certain organizations and volunteering a couple hours per week and, and just finding that avenue and those avenues that, um, that could maybe like help in a sense. Andre, maybe you have some advice that you, you know, add on to that. Maybe if a, a young Kate or a young Kate's sister was to come to you and was, you know, making that those right steps, would you provide some advice? So I, I love that question, Scott, and I'm going to throw it back to you too, as well. Um, I think for me, when I got started and what I often say to folks is uh, like, I, I got started out of fear. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was angry and scared. Um, to be perfectly honest, I think that we have pretty good reason to be afraid of what could possibly happen. Um, I, I, from as young as I can remember, I've been kind of an optimist or an idealist and, and fully believe that the power and good in people and the humanity and the empathy that is innate in folks. I think people, the most natural reaction in, in people is immediately to help in whatever way they can. I think it's the most instinctive reaction. And I, I, I feel like when it came to the first time, I feel like that we could experience a, a shift and a change 
um, in our culture um, to allow that to happen was climate solutions. And I, it's, it's, really, it's really weird because I think most people don't associate climate change in any sort of positive way. And most people don't connect with it. And I think for me, one of the things that I learned early because I didn't study anything climate related. I'm a poli-sci major. Um, I was working in fashion. And so for me, what, what helped me take those or, or feel a lot better was taking some sort of action, Scott. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I, I wanted to throw back to you because when I, I feel like that makes the same sense when, when it comes to when it comes to mental health is but the only way I know to deal with anxiety is to take some sort of action that's a step forward and then kind of build on that would you do you find that that approach effective yeah very much so that's what self-care you is about this what this whole podcast is about it's about little Scott trying to find answers to questions that he couldn't necessarily have because you know my I haven't been shy about it. My, my father wasn't in my life. I didn't have that male role model. I had a lot of, you know, as the oldest male in my family, I had to really just find those answers myself. So what I did was, you know, make sure that I built this project of leadership and that people can relate. Maybe somebody listens to a podcast and, and they understand like, wow, I can really connect with this or that's really what I needed or I'm been looking for this answer for a while. But to be quite honest with you, self-care use about always been about being kind, always about promoting positivity and always about leadership. You know, in my youth days, I was an athlete, right? Played basketball and that was my life. And I come from the sport world and I work professionally in sport and it's about offering leadership and sparking conversation. Like Kate mentioned with the mural, you know, making sure that people understand that judgment, you don't have to judge people, right? People have everything differently going on in their worlds, but they relate differently as well. So if I could provide you something that you can relate to, and our good friend of the pod, you know, Mary Croner from the Community Living Arts Studio told us that you don't have to stay in one lane. Like you can be a basketball player, but you can love art. In my room right now, I have four guitars behind me. I play guitar. I'm musically inclined. I play sports. I coach basketball. People always tell me you're always into everything. Like you do so much. And I'm like, how do you know if you really found your passion, if you don't try multiple things? So that's really what it's about is making sure that we just lead the conversation so that people feel that they can step out aside, outside of that stigma, whatever it is, and not let your anxieties or the stigma of mental health really prevent you from doing something. Find out what works for you, you know, get the therapy and have those conversations or find the answer that you need so that you can excel in whatever you choose in a short version, because it can go very longer, but that that's what it is for self-care you. When you're thinking about self-care you and the goal of self-care you, um, I, I know you've spoken very personally on what you hope individuals take away, but is there a, a, a bigger picture or like an overall impact that you would like self-care you to have on, on a community scale or on a bigger scale? Right now, it's about motivational speaking for me. It's about making sure that I have events where people can come. We're starting at the grassroots level, you know, joining up with some friends of ours, you know, Project Impact Youth, Friends of Self-Care You, and we're going to start trying to get into school boards and start teaching youth, you know, some of these real, these lessons that they might not be getting at home. And we come with a team for the reason being that we're trying to relate to every different avenue. You know, maybe, you know, we, we come with 
okay, I've been there. I was an athlete. You know, my dad's not around. I can relate to that conversation. Or, you know, maybe there's something here from another guest or somewhere along those lines. But it's to create a unified community that supports our youth and lets them make great decisions as they move on in their life so that they understand that they don't always have to be, you know, living in poverty. They don't always have to be a victim. They don't always have to be, you know, subject to some of the horrible stuff that they may have gone through life is will get better you know you have to just use that fuel to move on and make better choices and I promise you that kind of stuff the little bit of mentorship that I do just in basketball is starting to see guys you know do become really good people and that's the end goal right um is to have a community that supports everybody to have events where people come to us and tell us about their success stories or tell us about the fact that we help them or whatever it may be. And there's no, nothing else than that period. There's no com- competition. There's lots of room for everybody in our community. And we're going to make sure that we move positively and, and ultimately level up. That's it, man. And, and what I love about that is that like, you didn't mention climate in there even once you don't work in climate like, like we do, but the vision that you're talking about is so core to the climate solutions narrative that we that we were putting out there. So I love I love making those connections with with folks like that. That's the, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're trying to create. We're trying to inspire, and anything we can do to support the work that you're doing, we're more than we're more than happy to help. Well, I appreciate that, and yeah, I am persistent because I'm passionate about this. And and you know, obviously, we had to line up our schedules. It was a little bit difficult with, you know, my schedule was off and then your schedule was off and we had to line them up. But it doesn't matter about how long it takes for us to get to this point. Once we get to this point, we're about to do some really good work. So, you know, I appreciate your time, Andre, for sure. And Kate, you know, I really appreciate your time for being on the show and really trying to inspire some other youth and letting them know, you know, what paths they can take. They might not even know that they're heading this way. You know, you work for a law firm, but you are entrenched in this program. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how much the experience, I guess, overall has been. No, I just, I don't, I think I'm speechless at the, the question because it's the whole thought of being a part of something like this. That is something that I just never thought um, I could be a part of in a sense. And I know I said that before, but it's like, okay, going into law, you know that, you know, there's two kind of sides of law. There's the helping side and like the not helping side. Um, and so it's like, okay, if I get into law and I, you know, want to focus on child welfare and I want to be the voice of the child and this is how I'm going to do it. This is the set plan. This is the steps I need to take. And it was just like, that was my plan. That was my goal. That was my, you asked me what my five, 10 year goal is. And this is being part of the school for climate and working with Andre is just like, something that I haven't considered in my five-year plan. And as a Virgo, I need to plan everything, but um, it was just so unexpected, but in a good way. And it just, it makes me feel good inside in a sense. Like, okay, yes. Did I paint a mural? No. Did I, do I have all this knowledge? No, but um, it just feels really good to just be a part of something that I could help in a sense. Yes. And then I I just also want to say, if I could squeeze it in there that, this has actually been very, very helpful for me. Um, I've been dealing with a couple of like things behind the scene in my life and, and just having this like, whatever, 30 minute hour conversation is just like, I feel really good right now. My mind is really good. I'm, I'm, I'm overall very happy right now. So I just want to say thank you. I really, really needed this today. So um, thank you for having us. 
And and if I can just throw one, one thing in there, Scott, because Kate is way too modest. Um, I think one of the things that having worked with Kate for a few years now, um, I think she came into the space um, kind of shy, as you mentioned earlier, like going into a space with low familiarity. And Kate is used to excelling at everything that she puts her mind to without question. And I think so she came into the space really underestimating herself and to watch her challenge herself, be vulnerable, learn and push herself and, and see how much she's grown personally and the lessons that she'll take away from that is one of the things that I know I'm proudest about that we, we could give her and all she's primarily been volunteered 99% of the time uh, and projects that she's worked with on. And uh, that as much as I want to give her as much as we can, that's one of the things I'm really, I'm really happy that we, we have been able to, to contribute to her. And, and I just want to say for everyone else, Kate came into this with a low level of familiarity with the topic. Even when I started, my, I, I, my background in this was, was very low and, and I doubted myself all the time. I don't know if that's something that you, that you deal with, Scott. I doubted myself all the time and we've, I've made some mistakes along the way. I've had to apologize for it. There's, there's been difficult moments without question. And I think one of the things that I like about the climate community and, and working with folks like Scott is they understand that. They, they relate to it. You're working with a community of people who, that are grounded in empathy and, and kindness. And so there's, there's room to make mistakes, to learn from them and to not feel so judged and to, to grow from them. So that's one of the things for anyone who's afraid to follow in Scott's footsteps, follow in ours or, or take that step in, in their own journey. Um, we've all had to confront that where you're going to make mistakes and just surround yourself with people who understand that. Well said, my man. Well, listen, we're proud to welcome you to the Self-Care You community. It's School for Climate. It's our good friends, Kate and Andre. I'm sure you're going to hear way more from them. You know, we're there all over our Instagram whenever we get the ability to, to share their stories and their work. Make sure you check them out. Andre, how can somebody get on Instagram, see the work that you're doing, and maybe volunteer, maybe jump into some of the projects? Yeah, of course. So you on Instagram, you can find us at the School for Climate, um, all words. Uh, on Twitter, at School for Climate, and that's four is numerical. Um, and then you can also reach us on our website, schoolforclimate.com. Um, I said those all right, Kate. Kate normally jumps on me because I normally mess with those. <laughs> no worries. Listen, we'll make sure they get out there for sure. No worries. It's a uh... Andre, it's Kate. Thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. Scott. Well, I really want to take this opportunity to thank Kate and thank Andre for being on the show today. You know, School for Climate is doing so many great things and it's amazing that we have this massive mural now in my community that will be there for years to come. And I thank them for that. You know, they're a great organization. Make sure you check them out. That's School for Climate. Wanted to remind everyone also that we have the food drive going on for our community. We've partnered up with uh, the DK Dragons Basketball Club, East Prep Athletics, and Project Impact youth to combine all our food so we can start helping people in our community that need it so make sure you check us out at self-care you underscore level up for all our details there or reach out to any one of those groups that i just mentioned really great show today thanks for everyone sticking around and we really hope that you have an awesome holidays this is self-care you 
And we definitely leveled up today with Kate and Andre from School for Climate.